Is the Nashville Predators cold start? Not a big deal. Should the Predators not only call up Phil Tomasino, but Yaroslav Askarov as well? And did anybody really win the Weber Subban trade? Those are just a few of the spicy hot takes you guys sent in for Hot Take Tuesday. We're going to go through all of our favorite ones, and we're going to give out some take grades today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefortchuck.com. Normally, I have a partner in crime, but Ann is off today. We are your daily Nashville Predators podcast, free and available on all platforms, five days a week and on YouTube. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, today is Hot Take Tuesday, our first one of this Nashville Predators 2022-23 season. You guys know how this works. We went online. We asked for your hot takes, uh, whether opinion on how to fix the Nashville Predators, whether or not they needed fixing, maybe some players you would call up, maybe some players you would move. You sent them to us, either Twitter, DM, whatever. We had one text, which, sure, great. Thank you for whoever got our number. Not sure how, but thanks. Uh, and yeah, you guys sent that to us and we are going to grade them. So here's the grading scale. We are going to grade them from hot to cold. Hot is, yeah, that is a hot take. That's something that I don't agree with. Like the hotter it is, like boiling is just like, you're out there, buddy. You're out there. Maybe mild is more of a, I disagree, but I see what you're going with. Cold is you're dead on. You are dead cold. You are, as the great Tennessee poet 386 Mafia says, ice on the chain and ice on the neck. That's that's the grading scale we're going with. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, obviously, the Preds have lost five in a row, and a lot of people are kind of picturing how they want to change the team. Uh, a lot of people want to sound off on how the start's going. So there's a couple uh, who want to start off on how the start is going. Papa Pierogi, which great Twitter name, by the way. Here's what he has to say. This team is too talented. My hot take is adversity is a good thing. Every team is going to have a skid, and I would take it now versus taking it later. Who knows? Maybe they are hungover from Europe. It looks like they just had their Halloween party. The gel has to set, right? Uh, first off, yeah, they, they were playing for a little bit. Like uh, the, the jet lag from Europe was real, especially in those Dallas Stars games. Uh, and, yeah, as somebody who uh, – spent 10 days in Greece and then took two days to fly back to the States. Uh, I can tell you that the jet lag going from Europe to the United States hits you. It hit me for like a week. Now, hopefully uh, professional athletes recover a bit sooner than that. But Rob, with the take that your team, like the team is too talented and this is just some adversity. I would say that is a, a very cool take. I don't think it's too hot. I don't think it's like ice cold. Like, I don't think you're dead on, but uh, I, I do think it's a very cool thing. I think you're on the right track here. 
I think that the Predators do have some issues that they need to work out, some fundamental issues. We've talked about before. There's still some discipline, although that's gotten better the past couple of games. There's still a couple of things that I think John Hines and company need to pinpoint and address. But I do think you're right, Papa, Papa Pierogi, if that is your real name. I do think that the Preds have something going here. I think that you're right. I think there is some talent, a lot of really good talent. I think they're better than they were last year. So yeah, I, I agree, Papa. That is, that is a good take. I agree with you. Uh, this is kind of a take half question kind of thing. Uh, Rob S Martin nine. He asked how long a leash does John Hines have with Poyle If the losing continues, have the players just tuned out Hines is the roster just bad. Uh, well, first off, Rob, thank you for your question. Appreciate you sending them in. I'm going to tackle this from the take perspective of Hines of players tuning out Hines. I think that is a very, very hot take. I, I'm not going to say that's like scalding. I would say uh, you have you have heated up the uh, you have heated up your oodles and noodles in the microwave, and you put it in for one extra minute, and now there's some burnt spots uh, where where the processed cheese should be. I don't think you can say the players have tuned out Heinz because they're still playing pretty much the way John Heinz has wanted them to play, like. You look at how they were playing under Peter Laviolette, like the style they played with, um, and you look at it from now, and it's like there's still very much that identity that John Hines has preached. So, you know, nobody's kind of going into business for themselves. Nobody's kind of just like tailing off and taking panic shots or breaking off from the game plan. So from that perspective, the notion that players are, are tuning out John Hines, um, I, I don't think that is a – I think that is a hot take. I think that is kind of off the path. Uh, I'm going to address the next part first. Is the roster just bad? Let's see how to do this. I, I think it is a, I think it is a very warm take. I think it is a warm take because I think the roster overall is good, but there are a lot of question marks still on this roster um you know that that haven't we haven't really gotten resolutions to you look everybody was talking about you know or, or uc sar or not uc sars but roman yossi um phil forsberg and matt duchene are they all going to repeat the same level they were last year uh there's still some other questions like is tanner Janot going to repeat what he did last year or is he going to kind of fall back into just sort of a depth player again not necessarily a 20 goal a year guy there's a lot of question marks uh i don't think we have enough to really address whether the roster is bad yet but i will say there are some question marks i think that's that is a lukewarm warm take i think this is like putting your leftover food in the microwave and you know you you stir it up it comes out, most of it's hot, all the edges are hot, but there's still like a little ice spot right in the middle there of your leftover food. I think that's where we are. I think overall, this is a good roster, but I do think there's a little bit of question mark, a little bit of doubt, uh, especially with some of the depth players on the team. And I don't think 
uh, we are going to know that for sure until the end of the year. But this is this is going to be a thing where the players who were stepped up big last year, they have to prove that they can be reliable players year after year. Uh, as far as the first part of your question, how long of a leash does John Hines have? I, I don't really have a take grade for that, but I will say this. I don't see John Hines getting fired uh, this year unless it just completely goes off the rails for the Nashville Predators. If they are a bottom 5-10 team in the league, uh, because I think the expectation clearly with, you know, the, the money that David Poyle has spent and the players he's brought in, uh, the expectations is to win it. Uh, and he clearly thinks this team is capable of making a run this year or else he wouldn't have made those investments. Uh, if we're, you know, January, February, and the Preds are scraping the bottom of the barrel, then I think maybe we're on Heinz watch. But, you know, for this pace, this start, I don't think we're going to get there unless unless something just goes wildly off the rails. Uh, so Rob, Rob S. Martin, thank you for your question. Appreciate you turning that in. Uh, here's one. Our buddy, uh, Brian Baston, friend of the show, guest of the show. He had two. Number one, people are overreacting a lot with regard to Tomasino. Let's get that one first. Um, I think, Brian, your take is, as the kids say, it is a mid-take. It is a mid-take. It's not great. It's not super hot, but it's not dead accurate either. Um, my thing with Phil Tomasino is this. Him going to the AHL, I completely understand that. Um, I never really commented whether I thought it was a good move or not. I just said it was a move that I understand. You know, if he couldn't beat some of these guys in preseason – uh, then he should be starting in the AHL. I get it from that perspective. And on paper, yeah, that's right. If he if he couldn't win the spot out of camp over likes of Kiefer Sherwood, who outplayed him, um, then yeah, that's that's a good take. Um, I, I think the only thing is that Phil Tomasino scored 32 goals while playing or 32 points, he did not score 32 goals. We'd be having a different conversation in that case, but he scored 32 points as a 20 year old rookie playing about 10 minutes a night on the fourth line last year with guys like Michael McCarron, uh, Matt Luff looking like, you know, 50 goal scores playing next to Phil Tomasino. So from that, it's hard not to look at it and say Phil Tomasino is not NHL ready. Um, you know, I, I'm not positive that, you know, him being sort of a third or fourth line guy this year and trying to build off what he did last year is any better or worse um, than having him back in the AHL I really I, I mean I understand it from the point that you want him to play top line minutes I just don't know whether that's going to be like the best for his development I get it like I get it I just 
I'm very 50-50 on this, if, if you can't tell. That is why I think that is that is a mid-take. I think it has the the makings of something that's dead on, something that's accurate, something I agree with. Um, but at the same time, I do think that there is some shred of, yeah, this is this is surprising. Uh, and number two, what Brian said, I think this current losing streak has more to do with the players than coaching. Uh, Brian, I think you're on the right track there, buddy. I would say that is a, a cool take, a cool autumn take. Like one of those takes, like, you know, those autumn days where it's like kind of chilly in the morning, but you know, it's going to heat up later. Like if you go out for a walk at seven 30, you got a nice sweater on, uh, feels good, feels cozy. And then like, by the end of your walk, you're sweating, you can feel the sun start hit. You need to go back to your little undershirt. That I think is what this take is. Um, I agree. I think the players have not executed to their game plan very well. Um, but I do think there maybe is one or two things. And I said before, like, especially with discipline, uh, that maybe, maybe the coach should be responsible for, um, or at least cleaning up a little bit. You know, we, we've talked before, and this is a very controversial topic. We talked before about what's John Hines's role in, uh, in like the discipline of players when they're taking eight penalties a game. Now, we'll say over the past week that's cleaned up, so that's good. Um, but you know, it should have been cleaned up last year, and I think that was my perspective on what John Hines's responsibility is for that. Uh, so Brian, I, I agree with that take. I do think this is mostly a a player's not executing rather than the game plan is completely broken. Uh, I think you're dead on there. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think that is a very, a very brisk take. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you everybody who sent them in. We got more coming up, including some changes players uh, or, you know, changes involving players. Some of you guys would like to see, uh, we've seen the name Rocco Grimaldi thrown around, Yaroslav Askarov, or maybe some split time between UC Saros and Kevin Lankinen. Those are takes we're going to get to in a second. But first, I want to talk about today's sponsor, Athletic Greens. They have a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 pretty much because they sent me a free case, but I kept taking it every single day because I felt more energetic when I took it. I wanted an all-in-one uh, insurance for my health every single morning, and it tastes pretty good, not going to lie. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, whole foods source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, focus, recovery, aging, pretty much everything. Uh, like I said, I started taking AG1 because they sent me free stuff, but I have since become a loyal customer. All I do is dump one scoop of uh, delicious AG1 in a glass of water every day, shake it up, drink it, and that is a perfect start for my day. It's it Again, I was kind of put off by the color at first, but it tastes great. It looks great. It's got a great vanilla flavor. So do not be like me when I was a skeptic at first and let that throw you off. It tastes delicious. Uh, if you're wondering about the price, don't. It breaks down to less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it 
quite frankly, cheaper than that cold brew habit you have going to Starbucks every single morning. And it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So you're basically combining all of your nutritional needs into one delicious daily drink. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back to hot takes. A lot of you guys had uh, some thoughts on what players you want to see. Maybe some players playing a bigger role. Maybe some players playing a smaller role. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, at JW Hood 3 says, the way the Preds are playing, will we see Tomasino back in the lineup sooner than we thought? If not Tomasino, perhaps another Admiral. Um, first off, thank you, JW Hood, for your, um, for your question slash take. Uh, again, we really appreciate everybody who sent takes in. Um, I'm going to approach this from the concept of Phil Tomasino back in the lineup. I mean, I think that is, that's sort of 50-50. I think that is a mild take. Not too spicy, but not exactly cold as fact either. Um, I do think if Phil Tomasino plays good in Milwaukee, which he's off to a pretty good start right now, uh, I think you do maybe see him back in the lineup at some point. Not permanently, but with a chance to maybe win a permanent spot in the lineup. Kind of like, you know, Cody Glass last year, um, you know, where he went down and it's kind of just became like an emergency call of maybe a fill-in guy at the end of the year. Uh, but he definitely has the talent that if there is a hole somewhere on that roster, especially uh, in the top nine, I think Tom Cino has a chance to not only go and play well as a fill-in, but maybe earn that spot, especially with how kind of the roster uh, has shook out this year. Um, so I'm going to say that is that is a mild take. That is 50-50. Uh, I think there's a very good chance we see Phil Tomasino back in the lineup at some point this year. Um, the concept of maybe him being a permanent spot in the lineup, I think that's 50-50. It's just going to depend on how the rest of the roster is doing. But, you know, looking at the start, I think there is a very, very good chance uh, that Phil Tomasino uh, is back in the lineup. Uh, and as far as another Admiral goes, the second part of your statement there, yeah, I mean, we have heard from Carl Taylor before that he thought Yusuf Parsonen was pretty close to being NHL ready. Uh, and Parsonen is a guy who, you know, unlike Tomasino, where you see him as more of a top six, Parsonen is a guy that if the Preds maybe have some issues in their bottom six, Parson is a guy that can come in and fit that identity of being on the bottom line. And it's not going to hurt him a little bit because it fits the way he plays. So yeah, maybe Yuso Parson in, uh, depending on how the experiment with some of these bottom six players shake out. Yuso Parson is a guy that might find his way into a permanent, permanent role with the Preds this season, maybe a better chance even than Phil Tomasino. Uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, here's one from APEL50 on Twitter. Here's a take. Lincoln in should split the year with Soros. Everyone's all for Soros, but he's just not had it so far this season. Ah, uh, okay. 
first off, APEL, thank you for your question. Mm. I this is this is the hottest take we have had so far. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what you mean by this. If you're talking about Lincoln should have more starts. I think that is fair. I think that's fair. I think Lincoln uh, should have a bigger bulk than, you know, maybe somebody like David Riddick did last year, just because you don't really want UC Saros playing 65, 70 games a year uh, because you are going to break the poor man. In terms of Lincoln being the 1A and 1B, in terms of that situation, that is a very hot take. Uh, and, and again, APEL, thank you for sending your take in. We appreciate your opinion. I just don't see that, man. Um, and look, we've, we've talked about UC Cyrus before. I agree. I agree. He has not had it so far this season. But we've also talked about him being a traditional slow starter. Uh, he is a guy that starts slow. Um and, you know, it takes him a few starts to really kind of find his groove. I'm hoping that's it for this year. Um, but, you know, if we're just going based on the sample size that we have, you know, Lankinen threatening UC Saros for the starting job, that that's a take. That is a very, that is a very hot take. The hottest take we've had so far. We have jumped from Chris Bottom back up to Tennessee midsummer. Uh, but again, APEL, thank you for your question. Definitely respect your opinion. Just not sure. I agree with it. Uh, here's a here's one from Cameron Shelby. The Preds will call up Askarov before the end of the season. Um, this is another, this is kind of one that's like technicality almost. Um, I'm going to approach this, Cameron, from the perspective that Askarov is going to get called up to play meaningful minutes um, in, in the sense of somebody else just doesn't have it or he's performing so well in Milwaukee that he's going to like usurp Kevin Lincoln in there or something as a backup. That uh, is a scalding take. That part of it is a scalding take. From him, from the perspective of him being called up maybe as an emergency, maybe as somebody who comes in because Saros or Lincoln and is hurt and you just need him as kind of a backup. That's more mild. That is more of a mild take because I can definitely see that happen depending on, uh, on how his season in Milwaukee starts. Uh, the reason I say that's mild is because I think internally, at least for this season, uh, I think Devin Cooley may be ahead of him. I don't think the Preds want to rush Askarov. Uh, I think maybe if if something happens, Cooley would be the call-up just so you get Askarov more AHL minutes. Uh, it seems like Cooley and Askarov are playing kind of a 1A, 1B in Milwaukee right now with Cooley being 1A, like getting more of the stars. It seems like that's the way that's going to go this year. But who knows by the end of the season uh, how that is. But I think, you know, I think if something happens to one of the two goalies and Askarov being called up, uh, to be like kind of their backup. I think that that is a, a mild take, something I can see happening. Uh, but I, I don't think the Predators are going to be chomping at the bit to get Askarov in the lineup this season. Uh, here's one from H. Grues One. 
Uh, here's a good opinion. Flex Granlin to wing and move Cody Glass up in the lineup. Um, this is an interesting thing and one that uh, H. Groose, first off, thank you for sending that in. When I saw this, I actually did some research on this. I was like, huh, I wonder if this is something the Preds would do. Um, I, I think this is... This is sort of a lukewarm take. This is sort of a lukewarm. It's not freezing. It's not like warm, uh, but it's just, it's got like the, like you, you threw it in the microwave for, for five seconds to soften it using the microwave a lot. I, I don't know why it's fall. Maybe I should do like some bonfire takes. Um, I, I think right now it's kind of too early to make that call. Um, and you would probably be breaking up your top line, which I really do think you want to keep those those three guys together. Uh, I really think you want to do everything to keep Granlin, Duchesne, and Forsberg going because then you have a legitimate top line. Uh, but if things go wrong and you move Granlin out to wing and move Cody Glass up as you know one of your top two centers, that's interesting. That really is interesting. Uh, you know, the only question is where, who's going to fall out. You know, if Granlin go into wing, do you move him down to play with Johansson and Niederreiter? And do you put uh glass between Duchesne and Granlin or uh, Duchesne and Forsberg like you had at some points during the preseason? I mean, that's intriguing for sure. I think the only, the only hitch that I found uh, is that Cody glass 42% on faceoffs this year. I mean, Granlin's not too much better, 46%. But uh, I, you, you do need somebody very strong on faceoffs to play at that top line. You're going against some of the best faceoff guys in the league. That's maybe the only hitch right now. Uh, but, you know, look, if the Preds continue to struggle and you do need to do some major shakeups, I kind of like where you're going with that, H. Groose. That is a creative idea. I think that is a lukewarm take. I like it. Uh, here's one from Trupec. <laughs> Poyle should sign Shorzy to a one-year three-way deal. Pay him in beer and donuts. Let get, let's get this wagon back on the road and out of the ditch. True pack. Could not agree more. Like, let's let's make this the cold take of the day. Let's make this dead on. Because who, who wouldn't want to see Shorzy in a Preds uniform? And you can't say he wouldn't fit that Predators John Hines identity. Uh, yeah, I can just see him going up, um, you know, on that end the same line with Tanner, you know, and just going, find me, see what happens. I can't do the, I can't do a good shorty voice, but hey, Trubeck, thank you for sending that in. Uh, hey, we've seen the name Rocco Grimaldi thrown around and who really won that, uh, that PK Subban Shea Weber trade? Was there a winner? That's another one we're going to get to. Uh, but we got more to get to. We got that coming up after the break. Uh, again, the Predators this week, they got St. Louis on Thursday. And we are approaching Halloween time. So we have a special Halloween show planned for you next Monday. So stay tuned for that. Lots of great content coming up on Locked on Predators this week. So make sure, as always, you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening on, uh, on audio, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever, whatever platform you use, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. 
um, and hit the bell notification so you'll be the first to know when we have new content out. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in every single day. All right, back to the hot takes. Here's one from Sean Smith. Kind of a question. Why do people want to bring Grimaldi back? It's a great question, Sean. Um, the idea of bringing Rocco Grimaldi back is the hottest take we have had. That might be the hottest take on this list. That is the you're dressed for fall weather on July 4th. You're, you're scolding. You are hiking through like the desert and you're out of water. That to me is a hot take. Bring Rocco Grimaldi back. Look, is, as far as your question, Sean, about why do people want to bring Grimaldi back, uh, A, I think it's because he has had some success before. B, I think it's just because of fa- he's a fan favorite. I love Rocco Grimaldi. I love the way he plays, and I think that's why he's kind of endeared himself to the Preds lineup. Uh, he is fast. He's speedy. He never gets up on the puck. Uh, he definitely goes for it every single shift. No shifts off. That's kind of exactly what Preds fans see as the identity of your team. But I think this is like when SpongeBob went out on the stage and started mopping up and people started cheering. It was a case of it worked well in one specific instance, in one specific combination. Um, Rocco Grimaldi worked very well with Nick Benino and Craig Smith. And when that lineup broke apart, Rocco Grimaldi could not find chemistry anywhere else in the lineup. And again, I'm not crapping on Rocco Grimaldi. I love Rocco Grimaldi. I love the way he played. I just, I just don't think you look at this roster. I don't think you look at the style he plays with. And I think you say he is instantly better than this option, or he is instantly better than this option. Uh, I think he can be a very, very good AHL player. Uh, I just, he's, he's not coming back to Nashville people. He's not coming up to Nashville. He's on to bigger and better things. Um, yeah, but we can always appreciate the run that he had. So let's let's end on that note with Rocco Grimaldi. But the concept of him coming back to Nashville, very, very hot take. Uh, here's one from PJB. A lot of ease at the end of his name. No question on paper, this team is better than last year. In my opinion, many areas of overall play are missing from goal, defense, power play, passing. Needs improvement on breakout and zone entry. Old school. Let's play a simple game. The best players are already on the ice. Uh, PJB, thank you for sending your take in. I agree with you, buddy. I agree with you. I think on paper this team is a lot better than last year. And I really do agree with your sentiment that I think you're seeing a lot of the elements that made this team special there last year. Just not there. The execution is a little bit off. The passing, uh, not quite as crisp. Uh, penalty kill has actually gotten a lot better. Uh, the power play needs some very big cleaning up, but it's like the bones are there. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know, you don't like with the Peter Laviolette power play, you don't need to rip that foundation out because clearly like the strategy isn't working. Uh, you watch and it's like the power play in terms of the movement and 
you know, kind of the movement and confusing the other team, getting the other team out of position, getting lanes. That part of it is working really, really well. And I like that this season. It's just the execution is not quite there. And I think that is cause for maybe some optimism because you can fix some minor execution things like the passing uh, can be a little bit crisper uh, or maybe, you know, you can take a better shot selection, a better pass selection. That's stuff that's all easily fixable, all easily coachable. Um, you know, it's easier to change that than strategy. And that's why I think a lot of the bones for the Predators having a good season are there. I mean, you saw in the Philadelphia game, they dominated maybe 90% of that game. It just so happened that the 10% they didn't dominate, Philly took advantage of. Uh, and it came thanks to some very bad Preds mistakes. But, you know, foundationally, I think the Preds are on the right path. So PJB, uh, I agree with you. I'm giving this a, a cold kind of chilly take like you just come back from the grocery store you got a gallon of milk you put it in the fridge to have it cool down uh but five minutes later you decide you want a glass for milk not quite cool yet but um it's it's still it's still good i agree with you i think it is a nice chill thing uh and finally scott matla one of our friends at uh locked on he's a locked on habs guy he had this to say Nobody won the Weber Subban trade. First off, Scott, thank you for uh, sending your hot take in. I think this is one that needs maybe a little bit more clarification. Uh, if you're talking about nobody won in terms of nobody really got the edge or the better deal over the other one, then I agree with you. I think that is a very cool take. I think that is a very cool take. I think you're dead on. Uh, that is, yeah, that is a fudgical out of the fridge, as I used to say as a kid, fudgical, not fudge-sickle, fudgical. That is a fudgical out of the freezer on a uh, on a hot summer's day. Um, if you're talking about nobody won in the sense that nobody really benefited from it, I disagree with that. Because I don't know, like, Scott, buddy, you would way more uh, adapt to comment on the Canadian side of it. But from the Preds side of it, I think P.K. Subban was kind of exactly what the Predators needed at that moment. You know, Shea Weber, we love Shea Weber. Uh, he's probably going to have his number six retired uh, when he's officially done with his playing career. Whenever that is, please don't officially be done for a few more years so we don't have to pay that cap recapture. Um, but you know, PK Subban being the addition to that defensive core when he was, I do think that gave the Preds a different dimension, uh, to what they wanted to play with. And it worked out. I mean, uh, his first year, they got to the Stanley cup finals, the second year, which is the one year, uh, he was fully healthy for the Preds the entire way season. He was a Norris trophy finalist. In fact, I think the Norris trophy runner up have to go back and check it, but he was definitely a finalist. So from that standpoint, the Preds, I think definitely that that was a shakeup I think the Preds needed and it paid off. So if you're talking about neither team really benefited, I think that's a pretty hot take. But in sense of nobody really out dealt the other one, I think you're on with that. I agree with that take. I think that is a nice, cold take. Maybe the most dead on uh, I have seen so far. 
All right. That's all the hot takes that we got this week. Thank you for everybody who uh, sent them in. Uh, we'll do this more throughout the season. So you got plenty of time to get your thoughts and opinions and questions in. Um, and thank you to everybody who contributed. Again, you know, if I judge yours on a hot take, it's nothing personal. Uh, thank you for your opinion. Definitely, you know, validated. Um, just something I didn't agree with. Um, but thank you as always for turning in. Thank you as always for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. You can find me at underscore NS Morgan on Twitter. Follow my work at ontheforecheck.com. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, also be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about my takes on your takes. Um, and just say hi. It's always good to get comments from you guys. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.